Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey there, everybody. You're listening to the Alt and Our Stars, Billboard's... Um alternative rock music podcast, whatever you want to call it. I feel like in today's episode, we may veer a little bit off of those genres, but really, what does genre even mean anyway these days? I am here with two writer friends of mine who I'm very excited to have on the show. They are amazing, famous superstars. We have Jill Mapes. Hi, how's it going? Jill of Flavor Wire fame, former Billboard fame, (laughs) You're throwing around the word fame in a way that's making me feel a little uncomfortable, but thank Does you. Does fame make you uncomfortable? <laughs> Not when it's applied <laughs> to other people. Anyway, Marie is also here. Maria- I thought you were going to say flame, which I kind of liked. Billboard flame. It's romantic. Okay. I had a flame. I, can old, you call it a flame? Old billboard flame. It lasted flame. like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's quite a flame. Um, and Maria, who is more of... Who is, also of Billboard fame. I don't know. Once upon a time. So kind of. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is Jill hired us as interns like five years You're ago. You're really going into this. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> People need to know the characters. When we were children. When we were teens. They were adorable. Hashtag teen. I was a teen. You're still you, I, yeah, you I was, teen. in fact, a teen. You're still a teen. Thank you. Anyway, we're going to talk about some music, yeah? Yeah, teen music. No, I'm kidding. We're not. We, we, might, we might talk about some teen. So I'm like teasing Maria so much right now. Ready. <laughs> so our conversation today is uh, mid-year music. Um, we could honestly have this conversation at any point in the year, but hey, it's June, middle of the year, and um, all of us cover a lot of music. And I think it would be interesting to sort of see where we're at because working in the music industry as writers, we sort of get like thrown on the spot in December to come up with these year-end lists, maybe like November if you're super thirsty and someone's pushing you for firsties to put out that list like November, first week of November, here's my year-end list. Because you know Taylor Swift will own December. Yeah. yeah. No, it's As were the case last year. Oh, was it? It's always October. Wow. Okay, never mind, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're not talking about Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, so wanted to talk about favorite albums of the year so far, favorite songs of the year, and aside from that, just talk about what has you interested, what you think is important for the conversation about music, coming from, like, 
alternative music, which could really be like guitar music, could be weird R&B music, could be like left of center electronic music. I like to use that term like pretty fluidly, pretty loosely, because like as I want to get into a little bit, the term like rock is kind of a little bit more difficult now to get into that conversation. So what I wanted to open talking about is how, you know, all of us either right now or in the past, I think all of us right now pretty much, do a good amount of coverage of guitar music in our lines of work. And, you know, I'm like the rock guy on the Billboard staff for .com, and, like, I'll always try to, like, push it more towards alternative. Like, oh, I'm, like, the alternative music person because, like, honestly, like, being called, like, the rock guy kind of makes you feel... Like kind of lame. Like days. like you're a rockist. Like you're yeah, a curmudgeon. The rockist guy. Yeah. And you're not that guy. It's very I close to dad rock is what the dad I get when guy. I hear rock guy. Like the you're Wilco the Foo Fighters. The Wilco, the Wilco guy. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Billboard and, you know, you have to look at the things that are popular and a lot of rock and roll that's popular is like maybe not the most cutting edge. Or it's just like new news being dug up about like Guns N' Roses and yeah. Motley Crue. Right. Or it's just that. Like music that is literally old and is being dug up because of like random disagreements and beefs and stuff like that. So what do you think guys think what do you think it takes for rock music nowadays to be in that mainstream discussion, to be relevant? Well I think sort of what I was mentioning before we got on uh to record is this idea of um, forcing people to have a conversation about the work. I don't think it's enough to just uh, put out a great album and uh, and have it not spark something deeper in people or force them to confront something or reframe a conversation. Um, and I think there's a couple of really great albums that would fall under alternative. They wouldn't necessarily fall under rock because um, they're more folk-leaning. They came out this year that really forced people to feel uncomfortable um the sufjan stevens record carrie and lowell uh and the father john missy record i love you honey bear are both so honest that they just make you feel uncomfortable in very two very different ways and so they sort of force a conversation i think that's sort of what it takes is Mm. like let me confront you with some a lot of honesty and um and you'll sort of respond to it hopefully yeah and like Jill, you might have to take lead on this one because I've heard both records a couple times and I haven't really dove too deep into either one of them. But it seems like what could be like the winning ticket for them in, in like being in that discussion is because maybe more mainstream music, more pop music, popular hip hop, because it's so popular, the lyricists aren't able to go that deep. I mean, I think that. I mean that's always been the the case for independent music, you know, over popular music is that there's a certain realness there that when you're not worried about packaging it for you know a certain kind of audience or a certain kind of demographic that there is more inherent honesty, you know. I mean that's that's definitely a part of it, but um with these records just a little background uh, the Sufjan record he wrote about his mother his relationship with his mother which is very complicated um she passed away a few years ago um after a pretty intense illness and he had been estranged from her for a number of years and she had a, a lot of mental illness she struggled with her entire life and drug addiction and was in and out of his life and the only time she was really a constant was these few years that she was married to this guy Lowell who actually runs 
uh, Sufjan's Asthmatic Kitty. He actually runs mm-hmm. Asthmatic Kitty now. Um, his label. Yeah, his label. And so uh, it's just this like crazy record where Sufjan forces himself to confront like all of the fucked up shit about his mom and uh, confront like is he like her and and what are his feelings about her and all this stuff um and on the flip side the father john missy record is like whew, that's like he is on the brink of getting married and is this sort of lothario like womanizer rock and roll sort of uh mm-hmm. uh you know, Valley sort of figure, Laurel Canyon guy. Former, former Fleet Fox. Yeah, former <laughs> Fleet Fox. And he's he's writing from the perspective of, like, I have found salvation through this woman, and I am, like, made a good man, but here are all the disgusting parts about me that I have to confront now that I'm, uh, I'm committing myself to love and being saved by love. Um, and, yeah, they're very different, but they ca- sort of do the same thing for me, where they, like, force you to confront something. I think that's pretty interesting. I'm not a big folk person, so I've only heard these records like once or twice. But um, kind of go back with Sufjan, and I feel like I've heard more about this record than I guess I've heard from him in a while. Yeah, yeah like and, since the States Project. Yeah, basically. and and yeah. I'm and am I I'm wondering is it because it has this sort of like immediate sort of emotional response that it's evoking from people? Are there certain songs that kind of do that for you? Yeah, I think that it is because of that, but also. Um, he did a few projects that were very <laughs> more electronic, and I think the consensus more polarizing. Yeah, people were him dressing up like a bird and having like planets flashing behind him in concerts. Yeah, and uh, and just doing a lot of um, experimentations with with synthesizers and drum machines and things that were not very different from Stage Project and very different from Seven Swans and. People were, um, yeah, it's very polarizing. That's a very diplomatic word for it. Um, and I think people were happy to see him get back to, yeah, to what he's sort of more known for. But then he sort of has this great message on top. Not the great, a great message. It's not like uplifting, but a yeah. strong message strong on message. top of it. Yeah. yeah, and I also think him and Father John Misty are both like two such strong like personalities. And kind of yes. going back to the rock thing, I think there are like a million good rock songs out there, but I feel like there aren't like these characters. These people who are really like saying something or doing something interesting, I feel like a lot of that is why, I don't know, guitars are antiquated. Mm. Yeah, the personality aspect of it is so crucial, I feel like, um, and that's why I think maybe it's easier for pop to sort of inherently have a leg up in this sort of social-driven music environment is because these these are characters. They become... <laughs> yeah, they're almost like caricatures, and they're, they're the new rock stars, you know, and it takes, it takes somebody like a Father John Misty or like... Um, like a Mac DeMarco or somebody mm-hmm. that has yeah. just like yeah. a big over-the-top personality and people love that or they hate that, but at least you have some sort of reaction. Yeah, see, a lot of what I've, I've picked up on from working at Billboard on Seth for a couple of years is how like, which I didn't really realize as much when I was very much like a college radio indie person, was just like what you're saying, this cult of personality is what yeah. drives pop stars. It's like... Of course, the music is important, and it's always it's it's never if, even if you go back to like the Beatles, it's never like quote always been about the music. Like people's personal lives and what makes them interesting, what makes their fans project onto them, has always been a huge part of like why we love popular music, why we love our performers. So Cele- it's the celebrity factor, you know, and some sometimes it doesn't have to be the most shallow thing in the world. I yeah. don't think you know it, there is. 
a sense of performance in in celebrity and big personality, you know? Yeah. So we have that for rock becoming relevant. Another <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> kind of, yeah, wow, kind that's of a, so hard. We'll <laughs> <laughs> rephrase. Rock guy. <laughs> so so how, how how can we say that? What do you you said diplomatic before? What do you think would be a diplomatic way of saying that? Um, I think you should um, justice for rock. How it's sort of like what it takes to, to be get a rock a star. Yeah, what it takes. Yeah, to that, be, yeah, that's 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 what we're getting at. Yeah, to be yeah. in the discussion. Yeah, so so we have the 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 yeah, the personality, the celebrity aspect, big or small, because like Father John Misty and Sufjan Stevens aren't like massive celebrities that tons of people would recognize on the street. So we have yeah. we have the uh, the cele- the personality side of things to enter the discussion. What about working with other genres? Because I th- something I pick up on is that because we're in like a hip hop age now, or you could also make an argument we're in, in an EDM age. Those are sort of the the themes, the signifiers that dominate popular culture. Do you guys think in some way when an alternative or an, a rock artist implements those signifiers into their music, those influences, do you think that helps them get into the discussion? Well, I think there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. There's a really obvious way that you're trying to like get a crossover. Uh, you're mm-hmm. trying to appeal to a different audience. But I think incorporating different elements is super key like i look at a band like alabama shakes who that first record was it was a very solid record you know but it was it was a specific sort of thing and it was like okay i understand what the what the limits of this band seem to be what their strengths are um and sort of what they're going for and then the record um sound and color they put out earlier this year is just blows all of those boundaries away and i wouldn't even I was having a discussion with some other music folks and they were like, I don't even know that I could call that a rock record. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it is a rock record because they're a rock band, but it's so soulful and so it's so stacks record. It's, it's so, you know, vintage and, and informed by all of the, the R and B and blues and even the psychedelia that was happening like in the late sixties, you know, that it makes something different, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not what you expect. Yeah, it's like with with you know like what I was saying with showing the EDM or the the hip hop influence in your music and coming off like current or whatever you want to call it that way. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely a right way and a wrong way to do it. Probably you have a lot more to lose than gain in playing that game. So you have to be smooth. You have you have to like get it. One that always comes to mind for me is like they're one of my favorite bands, Vampire Weekend, something that impresses me so much about them is that without being like thirsty or without trying so much, the band, especially Ezra, the front man, gets hip-hop and implements hip-hop into their music in such a clever, seamless way that I think that really, really helps them pull off what they do in this, in this day and age. Well, he's sort of a fluid music personality. Like, you look at the stuff that he did with Subtract last year. I loved his song with Subtract, New Dorp, New mm-hmm. York, which... He went out and performed it with them at Governor's Ball. Yeah, and uh, he's, like, on stage with Chromeo, and mm-hmm. he's more of a... Fl- he's he's representative, I think, of how people actually consume music, which is they're not, you know, they're not 
uh, on these sort of genre lines, they don't they aren't like I'm a rock guy, so I only listen to rock. Like yeah. he is very fluid in his fandom, and I think his personality as a musician and his personality as a music fan are like one in the same in that sense it's kind of interesting when people find it surprising that like a rock quote-unquote musician is interested in other genres because i feel like it's usually like the rock guys that people have these sort of like weird boundaries yeah why do they think that like, you can only like one style of music this is such an antiquated idea but i think talking to actually unfortunately talking to a lot of rock musicians and just people in the rock industry there a lot of them are like that still yeah, but I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that gets called rock or alternative and it's just, it's navigating so many things at once that it's hard to like, you know, say definitively what it is. You know, mm -hmm. we can sort of think of it. I think sometimes we call things rock because a certain kind of people make it or it's on a certain yeah. kind of label or they're touring with this kind of person. But mm -hmm. it's a lot more, you know, dicey, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, even with, like, subgenres of rock, so you think of, like, with, like, the Paramore self-titled record, they're not a pop-punk band anymore, but they're still no, gonna... Yeah, neither is yeah. Fall Out Boy, but yeah. still, like, people will call them that, just because that's yeah. what, they're, what their lineage traces back to. Yeah, I mean, we can bemoan this. I feel like musicians bemoan this so yeah. much, but rock is, like, a really complicated idea, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's terribly fashionable to call yourself a rock musician no, in this not. day and age. Um, I would argue somebody like Florence is actually sort of like, especially her new record. She's worked with Marcus Strauss. Like she's trying, it's has hints of being a rock record. I think mm -hmm. like, that's kind of where she's going to go, but she's a pop star. So it's like the way people get framed and branded is so subjective. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but w what I was getting at with like still seeing these like sort of pre genre prejudices embedded in rock music, like for instance, I was covering Ryan Adams' set at Governor's Ball this year, and there was sort of like iffy sound set up where there were two ma two headlining stages going on simultaneously, and Dead Mouse was playing across the the festival, but in between songs during Ryan's like quieter songs you could hear like the bass thumping across the stage. So finally he's about to break into Oh My Sweet Carolina, which is a super soft song, and you can hear the bass a lot, and he just goes like, man, like, fuck that, 
fuck that computer music, that robot music. Oh, he went. He did that. He did like a like a Dave Grohl, Win Butler. Yeah, thing, you know? yeah, Jack, Jack White. White. Like, Jack White yeah. <laughs> the, the exact line was, he's like, this is a song you can't make on your iPhone, and everyone, pr- pretty much everyone, a ra- rousing round of applause from the people there. So that just go, I'm well because those are Ryan Adams fans. Yeah, in the crowd. <laughs> like of course they're gonna clap at that. Yeah, it's but, but I'm standing there thinking like, wow, like I'm like reading like think pieces and reading criticism and thinking like, oh, people don't think like this anymore. But then it's like, oh yeah, they do. People, do, I mean, they do, but I feel like we're maybe at the end of exhausting those thoughts. You know, I I hope we're at the end of it. I don't know. What do you think, Maria? Do you think we're we're living in a we're nearing a post-rockism well i'm hoping people who are having these conversations are are kind of leaving that dialogue behind us but i think that mentality like there will always be ryan adams there will always be like these dave Grohl people in the world yeah i have to keep like reiterating that you have to admit like dave Grohl has lightened up and he had the whole (laughs) he 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 sort of went on a tirade about sonic highways yeah and now i mean i can't i can't like (laughs) slander him here on this billboard podcast um so he's like the guy he's gotten he's gotten better about it so that's true yeah i don't know Mm. (laughs) (laughs) no shade dave Grohl. i don't want to beef with you yeah i mean the rockism i definitely see it being very much pushed out of criticism and people in the media so you would think that like for the masses that will follow suit it won't happen as quickly as it is with people who are like actually working in the industry devoting their lives to this but yeah i it's it's on its way out it won't oh it won't be completely gone but i think like with just like your average music listener your average kid or teen these days they don't really they don't care about genres they'll like go to a festival like governor's ball and see dead mouse and also enjoy seeing someone like Lana Del Rey. Like they're yeah, not totally. like, oh, I'm just an EDM person. Like, yep, totally. Um, the kids are smart. The kids, yeah. are sm- the kid, the kids are forward thinking. I'm hopeful. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's why they're okay with saying Fall Out Boy and Wiz Khalifa on the same stage this summer. Yeah, they are. Oh, they're better. They're better than me in that way. <laughs> <laughs> and Fall Out Boy is is to, to close off the discussion with like the hip hop and, you know rock artists with other genres. Fall Out Boy is another one that tries really hard they for do. it. They do. I have mixed feelings on their most recent album, like some songs more than others on it, but um, Wiz Khalifa fucks with them. Like, rappers, you see, if you look at, like, Pete Wentz's Instagram, rappers love those guys. Like, Yeah, I mean, they have big personalities. Well, Pete does, you know, and... Thank God that band has Pete. I love Patrick, though. They're super talented, but the band wouldn't have gotten, like, what we're seeing the celebrity. It wouldn't have gotten there without Pete. Yeah, totally. Um, I I hope it's going to be, like, a trend, because you know how good Charlotte just did that song? Oh, yeah, the Madden Brothers, yeah. I, like, hope it, like... This is a re- reoccurring thing. Like I would love, like simple plan to be with a rapper. Because I, I think a lot of rappers, because my dream. if you're if you're more wrapped up in the hip hop world, you haven't been getting beat over the head with like rockism for all these years. So maybe yeah. you are more open to like, oh, cool, like I'm Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah, I'll do Imagine Dragons at the Grammys. Yeah, Ugh, that's cool. No, you can't defend that though. That was <laughs> I, that was. I was I was just <laughs> saying what his mindset was. I was not defending Imagine Dragons. I mean, come, come on, that wasn't that wasn't Kendrick being like, man, I fuck with Imagine Dragons. That was but, Ken- I mean, that he, was it was the Grammys, like, but he me, did it. Like, good he brand it, alignment, good thing yeah, the Grammy wants true. me to do. Like, I didn't hate it. I mean, he will collaborate with pretty <laughs> almost anyone. I mean, he he was on Robin Thicke's 
album the, the, the blurred lines album oh well that was when robin thick wasn't so hated so that was yeah okay. but he was still before robin thick yeah but that was before kendrick really t- i don't know yeah we have to look at what kendrick's gonna do moving forward i kind of can't believe he was on the bad blood whole thing but I, that's that's I, another podcast 10 10 that's years from now, 10 years from now kendrick will probably still be a huge star and there's gonna be a great list of like 10 collaborations you won't believe Kendrick Lamar did. I feel like you could do that now. Although, yeah, na- na- the one I love to whip out now is Kanye West was in a Hoobastank video like no, 10 years ago. What? It was their video for Out of Control. The theme of the video is they're like auditioning like new singers from like different genres. Oh, and he's God. like the rap guy who comes on and like rocks out with Hoobastank. That's incredible. That happened, and that is on. Does YouTube he play guitar, still. or does he like sing? What does he? I do? don't remember. It's not long, but I I think he's just singing. There's no guitar, but I think he's like singing and like. That's rocking incredible. Out. I love yeah. that fact. I I am always just trying to raise awareness that that <laughs> is out there. That is out there. Um, anyway. Yeah. What are we What are we onto next? What are we What are we getting into? Jill, I wanted to get into the piece you wrote for Flavor Wire, which I really enjoyed about the women in rock music now all these great oh yeah these great lady rock musicians yeah but don't call them that like don't like it's so complicated because it i think that the people who are making the best rock music right now are women uh, young women um but it's not i feel very conflicted about um, Be- because it's like ca- about pointing that out yeah. because you want, it's, it's counterproductive like, because yeah you want to point it out but like what i just said like in order to like make the point and like say what it is you sort of have to say female rock musicians but the minute you say it it's like that's whack yeah you silo them you don't put them in the main sort of conversation and act like they're on the same level um they're and they're not on the same level in the sense that they're kicking everybody's ass so (laughs) good for them but um but thank you for bringing that piece up um it meant a lot to me i talked mostly about um speedy ortiz and the new torres record and the new courtney barnett record and waxahachie Waxahachie, um and alabama shakes in that Mm. record in that piece and um and the i think the main thing that it sort of boils down to is we've had this like extraordinary crop this year of of female driven rock and roll and some of it navigates the experience of being female and confronts that and some of it doesn't Mm -hmm. and i like that there's a lot of variety because you know i think when alternative had a female fronted boom in the 90s with people like Liz Fair and Hole and, you know, Fiona Apple was often Alanis lumped into Morissette. that. Alanis Morissette, even though Fiona and Alanis were a little more pop, yeah. you know, branded at first. Um, and PJ Harvey, tons of amazing, amazing women, um, amazing musicians, not women, they're people. Mm-hmm. And th- their gender was just pointed out at every turn. And a lot of the music did really confront femininity. But now I think there's a little bit of a like post feminism happening where people like Courtney Barnett um and Alabama Shakes are not writing music that that has to do with their gender their and their gender is not really a part of it and i think that's great i think it's really good this idea that because something is made by a woman doesn't mean it's for a woman it's for everyone um but most of these women, I think the main thing is they're incredible lyricists. I think rock has some of the best lyrics that it's had in a while this year. Definitely. Yeah, that Sweetie Ortiz record has some like incredible lines. Um, and Sadie, their front woman, uh, just got her MFA in poetry. Um, and you totally see it. And all the lyrics, they're 
incredibly evocative in their imagery. Um, Torres also has really, really good uh, lyrical storytelling, and and she gets into some uncomfortably personal stuff about um, sort of abandoning her religious upbringing and um, coming to terms with who, her identity and outside of that and within that and um that's my that's one of my big points is like lyrics and rock are usually mm. pretty pretty <laughs> abysmal yeah. a, a lot of times i'm not gonna lie um and it seems like for like a guy like a, like a guy rock band a, a band with all dudes or a dude lyricist it seems like they because so much has already been said before by guys in rock that they, they in a lot of ways they couldn't they they couldn't even be writing these lyrics well it's sort of a weird extension to something that i think we see going on in the literary world and the media world which is this idea that that women are just sort of coming to their true platforms and their so many voices were so repressed for so long that like all the best writers that are working uh all, you know so many like thought leaders it's women and it's perspectives that are slightly different, you know, women and people of color, you know, mm -hmm. marginalized voices. Um, and I, I think that is having a little bit of a trickle down effect in a male dominated genre like rock. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, so, so much of like being in the discussion is being like progressive in some way, being edgy or cool or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, I feel in a lot of ways, like when you just like get a press release and look at see it's just like a band of all white dudes, it's like, wow, you really have to come correct and do something interesting to like make yourself like part of that. Cause you know, it's like, what are you going to hang your hat on? If, if like, that's like what. Yeah. I feel it's also like kind of a hard spot to be in though, because I don't know, people can't help what they're born into exactly, and who yeah. they are and what their ambitions are and what kind of art they want to make, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a dicey time, yeah. it's, but it's an interesting time, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I also think like as an artist, you kind of have to accept that you, so much of it is out of your control as to like what critics think of you. And as to like, if people choose to put you in this discussion that we're talking about yeah, and it's like, that's the part of it where it's like what you're born as. Like if, if you, if there really isn't anything like that interesting coming from like rock guys these days, and if like people are paying less attention to it, it's like you kill it. You kill it on your own. You make music that you love and that you're into. But some of some like parts of like criticism and like top ten lists, like you just can't control that. You can't. But I just think as an artist, you also can't pay that much attention to it. And I realize that's so hypocritical because I'm sitting here and like that's what we all do. Yeah, for we're, we're discussing our favorite albums of the year. Yeah, but it's it's so. Um, I get nervous that that great art will not be made because everything is so under the microscope and commented on. And, mm. you know, if artists have any sort of thin skin, like social media will just exactly. kill yeah. it. Artists you are know? sensitive people. I think about that too. Yeah. Like there could be the most innovative rock record in the world and we'll never see it. Yeah. Because someone's, too someone's terrified. Yeah, totally. Um, that's why I'm so impressed with, with extreme vulnerability, like, mm. like the Sufjan yeah. record or, or the um, the Father John Missy record, or the Torres record, um, or the Speedy Ortiz record, mm -hmm. like just vulnerability. And I think part of it is the mashup of like 
especially in something like Speedy Ortiz, like how the hard and soft, that's such an intoxicating mixture in, in rock and roll is when you get somebody who is so laid bare and then it's so aggressive and, and distorted and ugly, you know, on the musical side. But I feel like we're in a good time for music like that right now, you know? Um, yeah, I think a lot of this yeah. can come out because guitar music has been so far away from like the pop songwriting game, from major labels dangling offers for some time now, that it's in some ways that's bad, but the flip side is what you're saying, Jill, is that because there isn't any pressure to conform to something and like you're not chasing some sort of cash cow, that you can be really vulnerable and really just write openly. And that's what that's that's the fertile ground now. I hope it is. I hope that's what I hope that's what uh, a non-radio driven genre is. You yeah, because like you could compare it to like college rock or post punk in the eighties, where like all of what was building up to Nirvana was just so much music that was not getting paid attention to by the mainstream. So it could be weird on its own. Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't think there really would ever be like a like a new Nirvana now. So I don't think there really is even like. A yeah, my danger. question was going to be like, do you think there's no, going to be a moment where really everyone's going to be like, okay, I get this on the radio? No, Maybe there's, there's no the zeitgeist is such a nebulous idea. There's no monoculture now outside of like songs of the summer and things that top the Hot 100 and like Taylor Swift. Like yeah. there's no <laughs> dominant monoculture with music. You yeah. Know? So before we break, let's go around the room, around the table. Favorite songs, albums of the year so far, or what you're looking forward to? Jill, we'll start with you. I am completely obsessed with this Leader Kenny record. Not that's no surprise for anyone <laughs> yeah. who knows me. Um, still, I'm still obsessed with it. It was released in January, and I was listening to it today. That opening track, Price Tag, is ugh, it is money. It is like no pun intended, but there we go. Uh, perfect record that is just. It hits so many notes of like power and aggression and like it releases endorphins in me in a way that I kind of only get from really bombastic Drake tracks, this sort of yeah. instant power, like Nicki Minaj, mm -hmm. like Sleater Kinney to me are rock and roll Nicki Minaj or Nicki Minaj is rap Sleater Kinney, I guess. We yeah. Say. Let's give credit. Yeah. To you got it. Yeah. Who came first? Got to <laughs> give credit where credit's due. Um, I'm also really loving the new Unknown Mortal Orchestra record, Multi-Love, which if you're a person like me who still gets the Of Montreal Outback Steakhouse jingle in your head, then you <laughs> will love this record. Um, it's their third record. Uh, it's written about the frontman Rubens uh, dabble with, accidental dabble with polyamory. And, but it is not a freak show. It is not like a TLC docu-series in an album form that's not mm. the point of it yeah. it is it is real and complicated and and messy and loving and sad and it's like twice double the breakup record um but it is so funky i can't even tell you like it's got that sweet and sour thing that i'm just whew. um and then also on the sweet and sour note, I am looking forward to the new Mac DeMarco mini LP, which is really good. It comes out in August. Um, it's like a sad dude record. It's like a uh, jealous guy, John Lennon sort of thing. <laughs> um, sad boy. Yeah, I mean, th it's a bit of a breakup record, but then they got back together, so there's a happy story. <laughs> um, but he sort of takes his his 
salty guitar tone to its most extreme heights um, that I think he's going to have to do something new now. Yeah. Um, and then I'll also say, like, the new Beach House record is beautiful. Very Depression Cherry. Depression Cherry. <laughs> nice and depressed. Yeah. But in the best way. Yeah, yeah. totally. So for me, that's kind of what I'm what I'm on right now. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I'll, I'll jump in next. And Jill, if you have to bounce. Yeah, I'm so lately I've been on this new health record. You would all f- I haven't listened to it. No, but everyone's telling past. me like even people who don't like health are into oh, this. Oh, really? So yeah. lots of people have been talking to you yeah, about this. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the album is the, it's their first album and I believe since 2009. So it's been a minute and um it sounds kind of like if you took the aesthetics of Jesus, okay, mixed it with like industrial which has kind of been on like health steez since they've been around and like mix that with rock music, which is like what I've been saying with like rock has to like do interesting things like more so than ever to provoke now. And I think it does that. But not in nine inch nails way. Yeah. I mean like (laughs) that's a good point. And maybe it's just because like it's been a minute since like nine inch nails was huge culturally. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess so. When when I hear those signifiers, I think of hip hop and Yeezus. Yeah, because I wasn't like bumping Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, you know, I'm too young for that. So, but also yeah. I think like Yeezus is the most interesting like album to deal with many of those industrial sounds, like yeah. even more so than industrial music right now, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So health is up there, and that album hasn't come out officially yet, but that one will probably be somewhere on my year end lists. Jill already went through Sleater Kinney in love with the album. Don't think we really need to harp on that too much. Yeah. Um, Ray Srimmer, not an Alton R. Stars typical artist, but I love that <laughs> album. I uh, just had this uh, French duo called The Doe I don't on my know podcast him. yesterday. I like their album a lot. Screaming Females, another good one to throw out there. I think the album has been hated on by some of like their more like old school fans but i think the album's fantastic but then everybody loves the taylor swift cover that they did for yeah, AV exactly Club, so i don't i, I wouldn't say fans. hated on i would say like more just like lukewarm yeah maybe just because like they've been with them for so many albums but i think the album it's a little bit more polished in their past stuff and i think some people were kind of cold on that but i like it because it kind of took things in a new direction for them because even though like they have been making great albums for a while Kind of like samey, great albums. Yeah, definitely. But like the songwriting is really, really strong. The production hits you really hard. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, Courtney Barnett. Have you heard the Holly Herndon record? I haven't. I like I like some of her stuff, but I don't know. I didn't really think if it was for me, but yeah, I could see her for a lot of people being the sort of artist who it's more like I would rather just like hear an interview with her or read an interview yeah. with her than like, um, it's 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 like takes being in the right frame of mind to really fuck with it to yeah. like because it's it's is it like a straightforward noise record like what is it it's lots of strange electronic sounds or what would be strange to most people yeah there's vocals in it on some of the tracks but they're kind of mixed in in like a non-traditional way there's really trippy spoken word tracks on it it's it's interesting yeah sounds cool um there's this band, Algiers, who are a new Matador band who I'm actually seeing tonight. They're very interesting. Writing something about them today, actually. Um, we, were t- we were talking about, like, 
the issues of femininity popping up in rock music and how that can be really interesting. They bring a lot of racial issues into rock music, which I think is like super, super lacking. Yeah. You know, you hear it all over like hip hop and like some pop music, but like hearing those perspectives in like a band signed to Matador, I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because like many moons ago, I was going to bring this up because like I love the Girl Pool record, which mm-hmm. just recently dropped. Um, a lot of their songs, they um, try to like touch on racial issues, even though they are both um, white women. But it mm. never really comes across because people like to, I think, focus on one issue, one type of yeah, marginalized it's like voice you're, at you're a time. Yeah, it's like you're this one kind of, yeah, you're, yeah, like, so you're a like, women band. Yeah, it's like you, you are the right girl revivalist. Yeah. You can't talk about anything else yeah. other than um, female issues. So it is kind of interesting. I hope um, we can kind of blur boundaries in the future, but whatever it takes, I'm here for it. Yeah, and for favorite songs of the year, Maria, I know you rep this band hard. Mac the Verskan. Oh, Mox Haverskan. Oh, I wasn't even close. Yeah, well, it's it's spelled like you just break it up. Like, Mocked is Swedish for power. Mocked. It's like powerful woman, right, is what it means? It means it's not actually a real Swedish word. It's a They took a Swedish <laughs> word. No, it's okay. I like explaining this. This is fun. Um, it's a Swedish word that originally exists that I can't pronounce for the life of me. That means, like, man in the position of power, and they changed it into the feminine. So oh, it's, I like, see. woman who possesses the power, which is cool. So what do you think about the single they put out, Witness? Um, I think it's great. I think everything they do is great. Um, it's very easy to be kind of stagnant with any sort of like post-punk realm of, of music. Um, but the way that they do it is so incredible. And Maya is such an incredible vocalist, like out of this world. And it really comes across in that track. Definitely. Damn, it's such a good song. <laughs> I was hope I was hoping that it was like part of an album coming out, but it's just like a one-off single, right? Well, I think the the, the weird thing with them is like they've had their out, last two albums out for quite some time in Europe, but now America's finally like catching on, so so they're in a weird place. But I'm sure they'll be back soon and with new stuff. They write so much. Here, let's play a little clip of this track so people know what we're talking about. Track is called Witness, and Maria pronounce the band name one more time for me. Maktaverskan. Thank you. Cool. So, Maria, what about you? Favorite music? What's come out already? What's coming? Singles, albums, whatever. Yeah, I can do this. Um, I'm a big, like, indie pop fan, and I think a lot of the times these albums, especially in 2015, aren't part of any, like, major, like, rock music dialogue, and they Mm -hmm. kind of get written off. I think, for example, um, the Eternal Summers record from earlier this year is pretty great. Same with Home Blitz, but um, that's more like Garage Rocky. And then, of course, Joanna Gruesome, their new mm-hmm. album, Peanut Butter, which is not as delicate indie pop, which is kind of what I think makes them especially interesting. Did you listen to that record at all? I did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And the single, Honestly, Dear Worse, is just such a, it's a great thing to tell somebody who's a jerk. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of like I've seen it all before, like you're not special. Um, I'm also really invested into bands in, like from like the Philly area. I know mm-hmm. Stereo Gum, I don't know if you saw this, like a couple days ago, or maybe even yesterday, published this incredible piece kind of dissecting that scene. 
a lot of bands that kind of could be could exist under the umbrella of pop punk but do something in like more of a power pop realm it's not like warp tour pop punk it's like cool kid college like dj yeah and like katiana okay um there's a new sorority noise single. They're from Connecticut, but they kind of also exist in that world mm-hmm. called Using, which is really incredible. I think their full length is going to be one of my favorites of the year. They're on Top Shelf, if you know that label. They oh, like have I know like Top Shelf, I know Braid, top and shelf. and all those bands. Um, I know you had All Time Low on your podcast, mm-hmm. and I really like that new album. I think that. They're doing something that a lot of pop punk bands, especially from the time that they kind of rose to fame in the mid aughts, can't do, and it's find find a way to sort of reinvent themselves even subtly with each record, mm-hmm. um, like the singles "Kids in the Dark" and "Something's Gotta Give" sound like they're writing songs for their audience instead of yelling about whatever girl trouble they had that week yeah. at school, which I think shows a weird type tri- uh, excuse me type of maturity mm-hmm. that a lot of a lot of those bands don't really seem <laughs> to possess. Mm. Uh, what else? I like the new Ceremony record. You probably like I it, liked right? It sounds too. like Joy I Division. Liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's a new sound for them, especially since they started at as, as a power violence, like hardcore band, now doing things that are much more melodic. I hope people get into it. Another quality Matador release. I don't know. I think. Do we want to go into other don't, things? Don't or? be held back by genre. Oh, I'm I, afraid you might be. No, I don't know, cause I like it. I also listen to a lot of pop music, so that's what I'm like super excited for. Have you? Um, what, can we talk about that a little bit? This like is, Sky this Ferreira. This is an open-minded pop safe zone. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Okay, now I can <laughs> now I can sit back and relax. There's, there's no rock. There's no rockists here. There are no rockists. No rock Jill here. left. So. Oh, I wasn't. I'm was kidding. Not... I'm kidding. Edit that out, please. <laughs> Sorry, um, Jill. <laughs> well, now I want to stick to rock stuff, though. Um, but like the new Dive record's gonna be incredible. Very excited. Have you heard it? I've heard a little bit of it. Cool. Have you heard it? Unless they played some of it live when I saw them like eight months ago, which I don't think they did, then no, I haven't heard any of it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, and I think it will be like one of those things that kind of launches them further into the mainstream than so it's they already ex- have. It's, you think it's more accessible? No, I just think that it's cool and people want a cool record yeah, to jam, okay. especially if they end up releasing it like near the end of summer, but I feel like it's going to be a fall record. Okay. Um. Sort of relatedly, very excited for the Sky Ferrero record. She, uh, who dates Cole, the frontman of Dive, um, she teased Guardian a couple of months ago, and also like sometimes sporadically on Instagram, and it sounds really beautiful. I think a lot of pop records have kind of been like jacking her stees for a while, and I think she's coming back to take what's hers. Hmm. I had a conversation with a friend who compared the Brandon Flowers record to Sky Ferrero, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, other stuff I'm excited for. The new Titus Andronicus album? Is that something you're looking forward to? It's a long one. It's gonna yeah. take some time. Yeah. Have you, I, I, I haven't listened to it, but I know I did see the track list and see, like, the, the details on it. It's a very long album. Really? Oh, I was hoping it was just gonna be, like, short, minute-long oh songs. God, it's, like, three hours long. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm still excited because when indie rock can feel like it's 
heading in the most apathetic direction. Titus is here to tell us that mm. shit's still fucked, especially politically, since everyone seems to be so focused on social issues. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited for Grimes because she actually finally gave some sort of she didn't give an exact date, but I think she said like August or September the album's coming. That's gonna be awesome. She's been stringing us along for a while. I just I want a pop album from her. Yeah, and but she said the album will not sound at all like Go, the track she did with Blood Diamonds, and I was bummed because I would die to hear an entire Grimes album <laughs> that sounds like that. But like, what about reality, or reality, or whatever? I mean, that's cool too. She also said it wouldn't sound like that oh. either. Oh, well, Grimes. <laughs> because we because we've had so much. Even though like Visions was awesome, we've had so much time to chill with that record, and we know there's so many other corners of music she could dive into. Yeah. It's but she, I'm open minded. She could still surprise us with something that's awesome, and she, she probably, probably will. will yeah. yeah, she's such a weirdo in the best way. Weirdos in the best way. That's the theme of today. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for coming by, Maria. This thanks. Is, this is a yeah. good talk. This was fun. Yeah. So yeah, that concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. You can also go to iTunes on that same link and listen to archived episodes like the amazing all-time low episode that Maria was shouting out. Great, guys. Um, we Good had boys. We had the Doe on last week. We had um, Wolf Alice on, another album that I wanted to point out, one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Lots of good stuff to check out there. So keep up with Alt and Our Stars. comes out every Friday at noon on Billboard.com. Until next time, have a good weekend, guys. Bye-bye. And my spread and butter Like a queen would have ostrich and cobra wine Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Acast and Befaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skide af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakre.